0: Come on. So good to have you here. Easter Sunday. What a, what a Sunday. And I don't know about you, but there's not a, a, a place I would rather be than right here uh, with you. Uh, today, if this is your first experience with us at the well, we keep it lean and mean around here on Easter Sunday. So we don't have a ton of things going on, Easter egg hunts and all that stuff. And it's not because we're opposed to it just as much as today. My hope is that this Easter Sunday, as you do all those things with your friends and family all across the city today, my hope is that I can do my job uh, as your pastor and get us to focus on one thing and one thing alone for the next little while, and his name is Jesus. Come on, I said his name is Jesus. So that's my hope, that's my goal today, that's my, that's my mission uh, for the next 30 minutes is to, is to get us to focus on Jesus. Every shout next week. Next week, I do want to invite you back. Uh, we are going to start a brand new series of teaching that's going to take us all the way through Father's Day called Shadows in the Light, and we're going to be dealing with healing, not physical healing, but what does it look like? Uh, we've been on a journey around here of spiritual formation. What does it look like to find healing in our minds, in our hearts, in our, in our souls? Uh, how do we deal with some of the wounds that some of us carry around? I don't know about you, but have you ever felt like you've been fighting your past right now in the present? And, uh, and so we're going to deal with some of those things. In the Bible, it says John says that he wishes that we would prosper as our soul prospers. And I know some of us get a little bit twitchy with that word prosper, but how about this, thrive? That we would thrive as our soul thrives. And so we're going to do some deep work starting next week in our, in our souls to kind of come to a place where maybe some of us will leave starting next week in the weeks to follow a little bit more freer than we came in. And so I hope you join us next week for, for that series. But I want to read to you. Uh, a piece of scripture that we've been focusing on uh, leading up to Easter for the past four weeks now Paul the Apostle writing in Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 to 25 and he says this and hey listen uh, we are we are a feedback church so if any of these things said about Jesus get you excited just feel free to holla okay say what you need come on it's resurrection Sunday and so you gotta get a praise on he is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth. The visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Verse 17, this is the verse we're going to focus on for today, but I'm going to read a little bit more. But he, it says this He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard. This gospel has been proclaimed in all of creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. Today, as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday and come to the conclusion of this series, I want to speak to you from the subject, the power, with a little subtitle that I'm calling First Place in Everything. As we look at the preeminence of Christ in our lives, the world, and eternity to come. Would you pray with me just one more time this morning? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive, it's active, and it's powerful and it has the ability to transform us from the inside out. God, I pray that you would speak to us so clearly right now. God, that you would awaken many of us to the truth of your gospel, to the light of salvation, to the glory of your name. And God, I don't say those things lightly. I pray today that your word would change everything for us in this moment. That you would be preeminent in this place. That you would be first place in everything right now in Jesus mighty name come on and all God's people shouted come on and everybody shouted Amen. amen uh show of hands where are my competitive people my competitive people come on that's awesome lots of competitive people in here all right let's push it a little bit farther how many of you would call yourself the competitive person like you stand on that line of annoying competitive like how many of you know what I'm talking about That's why you rose your hand, because you're okay with it. You're like, I'm going to beat everybody to raising your hand right now. How many of you are looking around trying to beat everybody? You're like, I'm that competitive. Um, My house is pretty competitive. Uh, I don't know if it's something that's been passed down in DNA, but my wife and I are insanely competitive with each other. Um, A little-known fact is that uh, during our first pregnancy uh, with Justice, one of the things that we would do a lot, especially in our younger years, is that we would play this game called Settlers of Catan. I don't know how many of you have played this game before. Um, so this game, I don't know what it was, <clears throat> but we've played a lot of games together. But for some reason, this game just touched the competition button inside my heart and her heart, and it would it would cause just insane amounts of pain in our household. And she would build roads over my roads, and she would steal my wheat, and I would hijack her ore, and all the, the, all the things that are a part of this game. And we've had people, if they've played this game with us, we've had to warn them on the front side of the game, and then let them know on the back side of the game, our marriage is okay, we're not going to divorce. And so, <laughs> people have asked the question, are you, are you guys all right? Do you need counseling? Um <laughs> You know, I'm making a generalization when I say this, but we all deal with this desire to be first place in one way or another, don't we? I don't think it's a male thing or a woman thing or an American thing or a sporting thing or even a competitive thing. I think it's a human thing. And not only do we want to be first in things, but if we can't be first in things, can we just get honest in church today? But if we can't be first in things, then we try to place others or something else in first place, don't we? And frankly speaking, there is always something or someone that has to be in the top spot. The great theologian Ricky Bobby once said, if you ain't first, you're last. And to be honest, there couldn't be a more truthful statement when examining Paul's words right here in Colossians concerning Jesus, because the truth is, is that for many of us, Jesus is not first. And so therefore he's last because Jesus cannot be anything but first he's preeminent. He's the only thing, he's the only one who has gotten out of the grave. Nobody else has that, that they can apply to their name. There is one name who conquered death, hell, and the grave, defeated it all. Come on, somebody, and his name is Jesus. Jesus has to be preeminent in everything. You see, Easter, a Resurrection Sunday, is so much more than a spring holiday or a nice moment for us to reflect on concerning some historical moment in history. Easter Sunday is the defining moment in which Jesus proved faithful to his promises and true to his word. See, Easter is first place Sunday. Easter is Jesus showing us that he is to be first place in all things. And the resurrection was the stamp of proof. The Greek word that's used here in Colossians for first place is such a beautiful word with so much more depth than a lot of our English words. The word is proteo, meaning to be first, chief, to hold first rank, to have the highest dignity. This would be why other translations of the Bible would instead use the word preeminent. That's a bigger word, a better word. Not just first, not just best, but preeminent. There's strength to that word. There's grandeur to that word. There's glory to that word. There's another word in this section of Colossians that aids in the support of this first place reality, and that's the word head. Every shout head. Amen. Paul writes that he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. According to the Bible exposition commentary, in Greek usage, the word head means source or origin, leader, ruler. See, the resurrection is more than just Jesus getting out of the grave and defeating hell, uh, hell and, and death if that, if that wasn't enough. The resurrection is the sourcing of all things as Jesus takes his rightful place as first or preeminent in all things. See, the truth is, is that many of us come in here today with many other things sitting in first place, don't we? Yeah. We've got a lot of things in that, in that top position, the preeminent place of our lives and in our world. We have different reasons for this. Doubt, fear, hurt, unbelief, skepticism, rebellion, apathy, pride, misunderstanding, I just went through the dictionary and found all the all the things I could find. <laughs> you fill in the blank. <laughs> See, today is a day that I hope, and my mission today is to help aid in the process of Jesus filling the top spot in your life. And when he does, the things that are in our lives can be properly ordered in such a way that Jesus can be first among them all. Every shot first place. I love how Norman Geisler put it in his work on Colossians as he wrote this. All this is so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Christ is given first place over all creation. He is preeminent. I love what he writes. The same eternal logos, John chapter 1, verse 1. Who became flesh, John chapter 1, verse 14. And humbled himself, Philippians 2, verse 8. Is now exalted by God the Father to the highest place. And has been given the name that is above every other name, Philippians 2, verse 9. It is about... Jesus. And so with the time that we have left today, I want to take a look at a few truths concerning the preeminence of of Jesus that I hope you can hold on that are so important for us today Over the remainder of of the day because i know we're going to go on to our parties and we're going to go on to our brunches and and our lunches and and our dinners and our egg hunts and all the things that are out there and and none of none of those things are bad they're great we're going to be celebrating with family today but i'm just hoping and wondering if maybe in these these moments that come after today's service if jesus can remain preeminent If he he can be first place, not just today, come on somebody, but but tomorrow and and the next day. We often say around here at the well, Easter is every Sunday. That's my struggle with Easter sometimes. Is Easter for us is every single Sunday, not just one time a year, because this is so much more than a historical marker. This is so much more than than the celebration of a good man, because we don't celebrate good men like this. We celebrate risen saviors like this. So a few key truths that I hope you can just hold on to for, for today and the days to follow concerning Jesus and his, and his preeminence that we find through Resurrection Sunday. Come on, I need your help today. Every shot number one. Here's the first truth that I have for you. Um, his preeminence makes him the source of universal life. His preeminence makes him the source of universal life. Colossians chapter one, verses 16 to 17 says this. For everything was created by him. Every shot by him. Every shot by him. In heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. Come on, did you hear that? All things hold together. You know those beautiful, majestic mountains that we'll stare at as we leave this building today? those Those rocky protrusions coming out of the ground? Come on, somebody, his word holds them together. And I know for some of us, we're going to struggle with that because we've got different thoughts and ideas. My job today is to communicate to you what this word says. And I believe with every fiber of my being that his word that became flesh holds all of this together because it was created by him and for him. He's the God of all. Creation. Christ is the source of universal life through him, by him, for him, all things created, put into motion, and that includes your life. Yeah. Come on, that includes your life. Yeah. You are, like, not a, you're not a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's crazy about this generation right now, more than ever, is we've got a lot of people running around thinking they're mistakes. Right. Like God just sneezed. And bleh, bleh. You're not a mistake. You were, you were created by him. For him. So if you're struggling in your mind right now as to, as to whether you're worth anything or you have intrinsic value, if you're, if you're struggling in your mind right now whether you should continue living another day, can I tell you the God that got out of the grave, he created you yes. by him and for him. Oh, come on, somebody. That means you have a purpose. You have a destiny, you have a reason, you have a rhyme. There is music to your life that you are to walk according to. Why? Because he's for you, he's not against you. He's before all things. And by him, all things hold together. In Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through to 36, Paul would write a doxology. Concerning the glory and the majesty of God. We're going to get to that in a few moments, but it's important to hold this tension, right? It's important for us to understand, first and foremost, that he is preeminent. So the resurrection is more than Jesus just getting out of the grave. The resurrection is showing that he should be first place in all things. Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through to 36 says this. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and untraceable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor and who has ever given to God that he should be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever. Amen. Men. Amen. You know, <clears throat> the secular air that we breathe is part of the problem that we face as we deal with this issue of Jesus's preeminence and therefore he being the source of universal life. Simply put, we don't like this idea. Come on somebody, yeah. right? And we don't like this idea because it puts something outside of us in control and therefore the one to receive glory. And now we've been convinced that somehow we are the source of our own lives. And it doesn't doesn't work. See, glory as understood in the scriptures means weight or, or weightiness. Gravity. To be surrounded by and experience God's glory is to experience his weightiness or gravity. Maybe you felt it today. Can I tell you that we don't have the ability to manufacture God's glory. God's glory shows up where he's desired. It's not the lights, it's not the screens, it's not the great worship team. They can't manufacture the glory of God. God shows up to where he's wanted. God shows up to hungry people. God shows up to those of us who desire, and he says, let me, let me give you my glory. Oh, and when you taste and see that the Lord is good. This is glory. It's weighty. Maybe you felt that, you. What? the room changed. Maybe you'll leave church today, that was different. In multiple ways. (laughs) This is why Paul would write in the book of Romans that none of us are without excuse when it comes to the knowledge of God daily. We experience his preeminence, his glory, and his gravity. Listen to Romans chapter 1, verses 19 to 23. It's all right if we just study the Bible today? Since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes... That is, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. There's the exchange. We put lizards in first place. We traded the preeminence and the glory of God, and instead we put something or someone else in his first place. Come on, think about the world right now. How many things have we put in first place? like we discovered from Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last. And if Jesus, the preeminent one, is not first, he's last. And can I tell you, friends, Jesus don't like to be last. That's why he got out of the grave. See, Resurrection Sunday is the genuine truth that Jesus, as he conquers the very real universal truth of death. He proves that he is over it all and therefore is the source of universal life. What does this help us understand today? Well, I want to say this to all of us in here. Jesus is in control of it all. Come on, on, I said Jesus is in control of it all. His control does not make bad things go away or hard things subdue it just means that he's with you in all things yeah. Yeah. because he is over all things yeah. see here's the interesting part think like, try to just go through this rationale with me for a second we want jesus to prove himself by taking away bad things yeah. instead of understanding by faith that he's walking with us through all things yeah. So we actually try to remove him from the very place that he needs to be and we put our bad situation and the taking away of it in first place. And we say, God, if you can take this away, then you can have first place. And he's like, oh no, I wanna leave it here so that you understand that I'm still over it all, even in the midst of that thing that you're going through. So I know that things hurt right now, but I'm with you. I know that things are confusing right now, but I'm with you. I know that things are tumultuous right now, but I'm with you. And I know that you got pain on the inside, but I'm with you. And I know that your mind's struggling. Oh, come on, somebody, but I'm with you. Because he's first place. Someone shout first place. first place. Number two, second thing is this his preeminence makes him the source of redeemed life. The letter to the Ephesian church is probably one of the most richest letters we have when it comes to understanding who we are in Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 to 14, Paul is going to declare three in him Jesus statements that highlight the redeemed life that we have in and through Jesus. Listen to what he writes in Ephesians. It says this, blessed, and if you just get pumped, y'all ready to get hyped because this piece of scripture right here is out of control good. If I'm having a bad day, I just go to this scripture. If I'm having a bad year, I just, the past three years have been this scripture. <laughs> blessed, is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us. In the beloved one. Yeah. Verse seven, in him, every shot in him, Amen. we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. How? Not by your works, yeah. not by your ability, right. not by your good looks. Right. He tells us by the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things on earth and things in heaven. Every shout, in him. In him we have also received an inheritance. What? Wait, hold on. I've been forgiven and I get an inheritance? (laughs) Winner, winner, chicken dinner. In him we've received an inheritance because we are predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. So that we who had already put our hope in Christ might be praised to his glory. Every shout in him. Amen. In him you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Wait a second. I have redemption, forgiveness of sins. In him, I have an inheritance, an alignment with his will. Wait a you, you tripled down. I don't even know if that's math. In him... I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, the down payment of our inheritance. In him you were sealed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. Come on, somebody. Is anybody thankful for Jesus? This is the redeemed life, a life of redemption. Man, we talk talk about a lot of things around here at The well, a lot of different topics and subjects, but can I just tell you, like, if you're like, man, why is he so excited right now? I give my life to preach these truths. This is is what saved a wretch like me. This is what we need. We don't need seven keys to better communication. (laughs) (laughs) Come (laughs) Come on, I just need to look at the grave and go. Oh wait, he's not in it anymore. Come on, somebody. <laughs> that changes a lot. Once he takes first place, that changes a lot. We we'll talk about communication next week. Um, the great theologian A. W. Tozer, serious theologian now, would write this: <laughs> If man had his way. The plan of redemption would be an endless and bloody conflict. In reality, salvation was bought not by Jesus' fists, but by his nail-pierced hands. Not by muscle, but by love. Not by vengeance, but by forgiveness. Not by force, but by sacrifice. Jesus Christ, our Lord, has in order that he might win. He destroyed his enemies by dying for them, and conquered death by allowing death to conquer him." Wow. This is the redeemed life. See the redeemed life, friend, is the forgiven life. The redeemed life is a life of spiritual inheritance. The redeemed life is a sealed and empowered life. This is the redeemed life, the redemption that is sourced by Jesus because the stone rolled away. Number three, the third thing is this. His preeminence makes him the source of resurrected life. His preeminence makes him the source of resurrected life. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 to 57. This is one of my most favorite pieces of Scripture in all of the Bible. And it says this. What I am saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor can corruption inherit incorruption. Listen, I'm telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we will be changed. For this corruptible body must be clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal body must be clothed with immortality. When this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal body is clothed with with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory, where death is your sting. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The good news of Resurrection Sunday is that the one who got out of the grave is the source of our new and resurrected life that we have eternally in him. Resurrection Sunday is more than just a cute story, folklore, mystical thinking, or an allegory. Resurrection Sunday is the miracle that everything hinges upon. Jesus' resurrection proves that he is the source of our resurrection for eternity beyond. I love this quote by Tim Keller as it speaks so pointedly to the issue that we all must reckon with. This Easter Sunday, he writes this. If you're looking at Christianity, start by looking at Jesus' life as it is shown to us in the Gospels and especially at the resurrection. Don't begin as modern people do by asking yourself if Christianity fits who you are. If the resurrection happened, then there is a God who created you for himself and ultimately, yes, Christianity fits you whether you can see it or not if he's real and risen then just like Paul even though he had none of the answers to any of his questions you will have to ask what would you have me do Lord my prayer today is that Jesus would be or become first place in your life He got out of the grave for you, for me. Let that sink in. Let the weight of it, let the glory of that sink in today. And maybe today is not like a normal Easter Sunday for you. Maybe some of the words that have been spoken today or some of the things that have been sung ring and rattle in your heart today. And I pray that the seeds of the gospel will begin to change you, change me, continually. This is the gospel of our salvation, that Jesus Christ bore a cross, laid in a grave, and three days later, a stone was rolled away, and our Savior defeated death, and he ascended to the right hand of the Father, where the Bible tells us he's interceding for you right now overlooking your life why because jesus is first place in his mighty name come on in the church shouting. amen Amen. (laughs) i want to invite everybody just to bow your head and close your eyes in this moment i want us to consider where we are at with jesus where are you at with jesus There might be a lot of things rattling around right now, but if we just take a moment, push it all aside. Let me ask you this question. Is Jesus first place in your life? Not by systematics, not by church attendance. Is Jesus first place in your heart, your mind? Have you given your life to him? Have you said, yes, Jesus, I pledge my allegiance to you? So with every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around right now, in all of our rooms today, I want to invite all of us to pray this prayer together today. And it's nothing fancy in the words, but rather the heart from which these words come. The Bible would tell us that if we believe in heart and are confessed with our mouth, we shall be saved. So in this moment, I want to lead us in a prayer today. And if you would say, man, Jason, that's me. I want to say yes to Jesus today. Make this your prayer. As we pray all together today, come on as loud as you can. Repeat this after me. Everybody say, Jesus. I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you my past. I'm giving you my right now. And I'm putting my future in your hands. Save me. Change me. Make me new. And I declare in this moment that I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for getting out of the grave. Thank you for salvation. I today am making you first place in my life. I'm turning from my ways in order to follow your ways. In Jesus' mighty name.